the Provincial Emergency Coordination Centre for today's update regarding the Alberta wildfires. We'll start with remarks from Colin Blair of the Alberta Emergency Management Agency and Christy Tucker from Alberta Wildfire. Then we'll take your questions. Please go ahead. Good afternoon to everyone. Alberta continues to be under a provincial state of emergency and the Provincial Emergency Coordination Centre remains at level four. As of 3 p.m. today, there are 88 active wildfires burning in areas throughout the province. In addition to the provincial state of emergency, there are 19 states of local emergency, as well as two banned council resolutions. At this time, there are 12 evacuation orders in place. As of last night, the evacuation order for the town of Edson and some areas of Yellowhead County from Marlborough to the Chip Lake area has officially been lifted by the municipality. While there has been some rain in the past 24 hours, we remind everyone that the situation can change rapidly and there continue to be dry conditions in many parts of the province. It's important that residents in affected communities remain diligent and be prepared to leave on short notice. Those who are on evacuation alert should pack important medication and documents, enough food and supplies for a minimum of three days and plan to bring pets. We strongly encourage all Albertans to download the Alberta Emergency Alert app so they get alerts and important information directly to their cellular phone. At this time, the estimated number of evacuees is at just over 24,000, which is a decline from 29,000 stated yesterday. Approximately 11,000 evacuees have re registered at 11 reception centres, which is up from yesterday. I highly encourage all evacuees to register so they can be connected to resources and assistance. Those who are unable to go to a reception centre can register online. Evacuees who require assistance can also call 310-4455 for wildfire and evacuee related information. As announced yesterday, Government has introduced a one-time emergency financial assistance payment for residents who have been forced from their homes. Evacuees who have been out of their homes for seven days or more because of a mandatory evacuation order are eligible to receive a payment of $1,250 per adult and $500 for each dependent child under the age of 18. I need to correct some information from yesterday. Evacuees need not have been out of their homes for seven consecutive days. It is seven days in total. If residents were evacuated and then told to return to their homes and then were re-evacuated, they are eligible if it's a cumulative total of seven days. That's good news for those who have been asked to evacuate more than once in the past few weeks. Evacuees can apply for the payment at alberta.ca slash emergency by using a basic or verified alberta.ca account. I'll now address some key questions that we've been hearing. First, there have been a lot of questions about the extent of damage. We are starting to get information on structural damage in communities. Although we have some preliminary information on damage to structures in some communities, we have a responsibility to allow local officials to speak to residents first. With this in mind, we will provide updates once we have been able to complete assessments and speak directly to community members impacted. 
We are working with municipalities to further assess property damage, and this information will become more concrete in the days ahead. The second question I want to address, people also have questions about the timing of re-entry and when they can return to their homes. There is a process for re-entry, and it is crucial that evacuees follow the directions of their local authority. When each community, or correction, when each local authority's incident commander has determined that the community is safe, then efforts will shift to planning for re-entry. The third question I want to address is about support from the Government of Canada. Our work continues on getting personnel from the Canadian Armed Forces where we need them and are ensuring these valuable resources are best utilized as quickly as possible. Lastly, I can provide an update on the number of people who have contacted us to assist or volunteer since yesterday. We have received approximately 100 inquiries to our dedicated email address offering to help. Our officials are moving quickly to triage those efforts of help, assess skill sets, and connect individuals to the right authorities to assess the offer and determine where it can best be used. It's important for all Albertans to check the latest information on the status of wildfires in their communities, as well as any evacuation alerts and orders. The last thing I would like to talk about is to highlight that the Government of Alberta is holding a virtual teletown hall for evacuees this evening to answer questions and connect residents to resources. It will start at 7.30 p.m. this evening. The number for evacuees to call is 1-833-380-0691. I'll say that again, 1-833-380-0691. Thank you, and I would now like to turn things over to Christy from Alberta Wildfire for more information on the situation. Thank you, Colin. Um, as always, as I start out, I will say that the numbers that you hear in these briefings represent a snapshot in time. Uh, the information is always being updated. The fire situation is continuing to change quickly. So please check the Alberta wildfire status page for the latest information. As Colin said, there are 88 wildfires in the forest protection area. So far this year, we've had 412 wildfires burning 410,000 hectares. There are currently 24 wildfires classified as out of control, which will indicate, if you were listening yesterday, that we have made some progress on a number of fires. The fire danger remains high in many northern areas of the province, which, would, which means that we can still see active wildfire behavior there. Uh, but in much of the southern and central parts of the province, firefighters have been helped by cooler temperatures and humidity today. These less active conditions mean it's safer for firefighters to access the wildfires and get heavy equipment in to help create fire breaks around communities. We're also making use of new and incoming firefighting help. Over 20 wildland firefighters arrived from the Yukon today. Thank you. Uh, joining those already here from Quebec, Ontario, and BC, who are already hard at work. We're preparing for higher temperatures coming this weekend. We'd like to thank Albertans in advance for doing their part to help us prevent new wildfires. 
Please remember that there is a fire ban and off-highway vehicle restriction in place across the forest protection area of Alberta. We want our firefighters to be able to focus on controlling the wildfires that are out there right now instead of responding to new ones. So thank you for respecting those rules as we head towards the weekend. We can take questions. Great. Thank you, Christy. Thank you, Colin. We're going to start in the room um, and then move to the phones. If you're in the room, please use the microphone to ask your question, state your name and media outlet. We're going to ask each reporter to, uh, for one question and one follow-up. Please go ahead in the room. Hi, it's uh, Nicole from CTV News. Uh, I was just wondering if you could provide any more details about uh, government help from the, the military. I know that you're still trying to determine where troops could, could head, but any idea when they could be on the ground, how many might be called in to help? Yeah, thanks, Nicole. I guess I'll start that out first with the fact that we work very closely with the Canadian Armed Forces, as well as Public Safety Emergency Preparedness Canada, Environment and Climate Change Canada, and Indigenous Services Canada. We have representatives from each of those departments in our Emergency Coordination Centre, and we work with them year-round. So the details are being worked through right now. Uh, it would be premature for me to provide any of that because I think it's still live as they coordinate final details. Uh, I think the intent is for them to focus on supporting forestry parks and tourism. Um, and as you heard the minister say yesterday, what the, our, the request for assistance included, uh, we want to make sure that we take full advantage of what resources that they're prepared to provide. So when we have details, we will get those out to you. Maybe you could also just provide um, more details, I guess, on the landscape of the fires right now, because we know we've seen some rain in some areas, but further north, it is hotter and drier. Uh, how is this changing, sort of how are things are looking? Is there, can you pinpoint an area, I guess, that is more serious? Uh, well, you can see uh, fire danger maps on our website, and they'll show you exactly where the, the temperatures are cooling off and where that fire danger is going down. Unfortunately, where we're still seeing quite a lot of uh, yellow and red uh, on the map, meaning that uh, fire danger is high to very high, uh, is in those areas in the north. Uh, they haven't had quite the relief that we've had with the cooler temperatures and the humidity down south. So uh, the benefit of having this small break in the conditions over these couple of days is it gives uh, firefighters an opportunity to assess that landscape, to move firefighting ability around where it's needed. If, if fire activity is low in one area, there's the ability you may have resources freed up to send somewhere else where it's needed. So we are, of course, assessing those we have uh, fire meteorologists fire behavior experts a lot of people looking at those numbers at all times so we know exactly where our danger spots are and that information is available on our website okay next question in the room please move to the mic okay uh let's move to the phones operator can you please let in the first call jordan kerrigan ctv Thank you for taking my question. I'm wondering if you can expand a little bit more on what you think has made the biggest difference in some of the positive, um, I guess, changes that have been made in fighting these wildfires. Has it been the, the extra firefighting personnel that have come from out of province? Has it been the extra um, equipment that has been brought in? Has it been just a shift in the weather? Is, is there anything that is making this 
fights um, a little bit more, uh, I, I guess, the progress in the right direction. Yeah, I can give you a, an overview of that. Um, we have something that we call a, a fire triangle. And these are all elements that will add up to the activity of a wildfire. Uh, those three things are the sort of topography you're working with, the weather conditions you're, you're seeing, and what the fuels are like. Now, uh, we don't have a lot of control over two of those elements. Uh, we do work on the fuels so that we can uh, work to, as I said, build things like fire breaks and kind of remove the kind of fuel that's being used to, to uh, move a wildfire. Now, uh, weather is one of those uh, elements, and that's certainly something that everyone in Alberta knows you don't have any control over. Uh, weather, I think, was the largest factor that we saw when those uh, wildfires blew up, and we saw that extreme wildfire behavior. We were looking at very, very strong winds and a very long extended hot and dry period. If you look at our wildfire status map, you'll see a lot of those larger fires are cigar-shaped. So you can see exactly the direction they were moving because of where the winds were going. Um, I'm happy to say these cooler temperatures and increased humidity is leading to lesser fire behavior. We're able to make use of some of these uh, additional firefighters as well, because as I've said previously, the way you put a fire out is boots on the ground. Uh, and it gives us certainly the more ability to have uh, firefighters directly attack a wildfire, which certainly uh, will help us control uh, the movement and size of a fire uh, more than, uh, than we would have otherwise. So certainly weather was a big help to us uh, in the last few days, and uh, it gave us a chance to make better use of some of the resources that we have coming in and ensure that we can actually get those boots on the ground on the fire. Okay, operator, can you let in the next call, please? Carrie Tate, Global Mail. Hi, thanks for taking my question. Can you talk about whether you're having trouble keeping um, people who are under evacuation orders out of their communities? We're seeing frustration, you know, at the Grand Prairie Regional Emergency Partnership meeting on Monday night. I think there's rising tensions in other parts of the province. Are people defying those blockades and orders? I can say I don't have accurate numbers of uh, how significant is. M my assumption is that it does happen. I do need to appeal to people that have been evacuated to listen to the direction of the local authorities, to have some patience. We know we're, we have many people out there who are very resilient, and, and there's a great deal of anxiety about information and wanting to get back as quickly as possible. So I would suggest that... Uh, you know, given the situation and where we're going with the weather f forecast, let's pay attention to what the local authorities are asking us to do. And uh, when evacuation orders are lifted and re-entry information is provided, follow the direction and re-enter when you're told to do so. Do you have a follow-up? And oh, well, Yeah, thank you. Well, I understand being evacuated is pretty frustrating. Um, it's something that we... Um, that is common in Alberta. Is it why do you think there's so much more frustration this time around, so early into the emergency? I guess I would say my general appreciation of this is that uh, this is not uncommon. 
Alberta has had a bit of a history with some wildfires in 2011 and 2016 and 2019. So it is understandable. And I think a lot of this ties to, first of all, that it's happening in the forest protection area. So people tend to be hardy and resilient. And, uh, and, uh, and we have had a spring that has moved very unpredictably and very fast. So I think there are a number of factors that we have to take into consideration as to how quickly this occurred to us this spring and, and why we are where we're at right now. Okay, Jordan from uh, CTV, I think you're back on the line. Did you want to ask your follow-up? I did. I apologize. I didn't get a chance for the follow-up. I have to ask because there has been misinformation and some conspiracy theories about how the wildfires started. Is there any indication that any of the fires were set intentionally or are a result of some sort of sabotage? Um, Jordan, I can tell you that uh, we investigate the cause of every fire, and uh, many of those fires are still under investigation, and I certainly wouldn't want to preclude the, uh, the conclusion of our investigators. Do we have any more questions in the room? Okay, that wraps up today's briefing. Thank you, Colin and Christy. Oh, oh, my apologies, operator. I think we have another question on the line. Catherine Gregos, Alberta Today. Oh, thanks for thanks for taking my question. Um, so you'd mentioned that this this heat dome is moving in this weekend, and I'm wondering what, if anything, you can do in anticipation or how that affects firefighting efforts. Thanks, Catherine. As I mentioned, we do have a, a lot of people whose job it is to look at conditions, look ahead to the conditions we're expecting, and it gives uh, firefighters and, and our um, planners a chance to uh, decide exactly where to deploy resources, where they're going to be needed. Uh, we do know there is a heat uh, coming uh, in the province. Uh, we do uh, predict as much as we possibly can about what that's going to look like. Uh, we're not expecting the kind of winds that we saw last weekend, which was one of the things certainly that I've mentioned before was responsible for uh, the growth and the extreme behavior that we saw on some of those fires. But certainly uh, we're not taking it for granted. We are using all the tools at our disposal to plan ahead and ensure that our resources are where they need to be. Catherine, your follow-up? Yeah, um, obviously it's premature and this is not going to happen anytime soon, but what is sort of the threshold for recommending that the state of provincial emergency be lifted? We're looking at into that right now to establish the criteria. It, it would be nice for me to come out and say we have a, a plan for this. Um, this particular event is unprecedented, so there are a number of factors, such as the number of states of local emergency that are in play, the number of communities that are still evacuated, and, and of course the need for the, the rest of the province and others to be able to come in and provide us with some support. Uh, under our legislation, the state of emergency comes with some specific uh, powers, so part of that is going to be to make sure that uh, the situation has, uh, has turned to the better and, uh, and we see a lot of communities returning back um, after conditions are safe. 
Operator, can you let in the next call, please? Sheila Tobin, Bloomberg. Hi there. Good evening. Um, my first question is, um, do you have any kind of estimate on how much oil and gas production has been shut in since the fire started? And at this point, where do you see the um, outage figures for each of these categories? No, I do not have a specific answer to that question. We'll have to follow up and get back to you. Okay. And uh, my next question is, do you have any kind of sense at this point, given the temperature changes and uh, your monitoring, when do you expect to see these uh, fires kind of subsiding and, and when do you expect to see all the production and the affected um, production to be restored? Um, I would just say uh, anyone who's been watching our wildfire status map over the last few days will have seen numbers go rising and, and falling. Um, our firefighters are out there putting fires out every single day uh, and we're getting new ones starting up. So I certainly wouldn't want to speculate on, on how long some of those larger fires would take. Uh, I know they're working very hard and we work closely with industry uh, to let them know exactly what's happening on the fire landscape. Okay, that was our last question. So thank you so much for attending today's briefing. Thank you, Colin and Christy. Please note that there will be a media situation report distributed later today. Thank you again.